Hi, Presto. I'm recording. Oh, I can hear you. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. And hi, Horror Huns, because it's been a, like an hour of me having tech difficulty, which is just, you know, been a thing, I guess, that has occurred. Lord Bestie, It's because we haven't recorded for two fucking weeks. I know. <laughs> Whatever, like, God is up there is like, fuck you, like, what the fuck to us, because that was really hateful and rude. And honestly, homophobic. Absolutely. You are correct on that. <laughs> Anyway, my name is Meg. Hello. Hi. And I am V. Hey, hello. And I'm super excited to be recording this because, yes, we have not seen each other in two weeks, but we also have a special guest here with us today. And um, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, Horror Huns Verse. <laughs> my name is Hugh. I am a friend of Megan's for what? Is it like 11 years now? Yeah, since we were in high school. Yes. I'm Yay! very happy to be here. <laughs> Especially because we have a good topic. Absolutely. That and is why I'm here, arguably. Yes, because Hugh actually isn't like the hugest scary movie fan. That's correct. But I feel like your friendship has sort of dragged me into the horror. It's good. Dragged you to hell. <laughs> yeah, dragged me to hell. Because it's good. Especially... I was on my way, but... Especially yeah. when you talk about movies like Suspiria that we're going to get into later, but, like, they can be really pretty. Absolutely. And Absolutely. That's what Absolutely. got me, yeah. That's what got me into this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But first, we got to get into horror news. Yes, There's which has become, like, a permanent segment, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. first, it just became a segment that we did because we ran out of stories to tell each other because we literally speak every single day. <laughs> And just it's just fun to talk about horror news, but yes, let's let's talk about some of the big ones that's happened when we've been away. And I would like to start off with Saw. Okay, of course you are. Of course, because it is basically my personality. <laughs> Do you like the Saw movies, Hugh? Have you seen them? No, I have not. <laughs> See, perfect. Outing myself as a fake fan. <laughs> or just no, as a... Saw is not for everyone. Meg does no. not like Saw. However, I do. <laughs> I okay. love even when it's bad. Oh my god. I love so, that for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, there is going to be a new Saw film coming out. And we're going to see the return of Jigsaw himself, Tobin Bell. That's the, that's the like old guy, right? Yes. The guy that died in like the third film that they're now bringing oh, we're, back. <laughs> we're bringing him back. I love We're bringing back I the love. dead. You want to know what? That's why I stopped watching Supernatural is the episode where they just kill Sam and Dean like a thousand times and bring them back. And I'm like, this has lost all stakes. Like, who gives a fuck at this point? Because they're yeah. going to die and you're just going to bring them back. See, I, you know, the super Hulok Vanian, like Sherlock, like. Fan of Supernatural, Sherlock, and Doctor Who. I've never watched a single episode of Supernatural in my life, but I've watched every single Sherlock and pretty much all of Doctor Who. Wait, so. I haven't watched either one of those things. I I watched all of Sherlock minus, I believe, the last season. I mean, why would you watch it, Meg? You hate Benedict Cumberbatch. 
he just, his <laughs> face just annoys me. Like, I can't help it. Like, I don't know what it is about him. He's one of those, haven't you guys seen on TikToks? <laughs> on TikToks, just it's looks just like shocks, like a bomb has <laughs> just been dropped on their life. Like... No, I'm just enjoying what, I'm just enjoying witnessing Megan go into every nook and cranny of her disdain for Benedict Cumberbatch. No, here's my thing. Have you guys not seen the TikTok audio where it's like, do you have a celebrity nemesis? My celebrity nemesis is Benedict Cumberbatch like... as these is Tom Cruise. Oh my yes. god, that's incredible. I feel like, okay, I feel like both of those are many people's, like you ha- you can have an army for either of those So in terms are. of disdain for them. Yeah. Wait, but Hugh, who's yours? Oh dear. Who can I not, who can I not stand though? Oh, I do have another one. Fuck. Uh, who I will talk about in this episode. Oh, who? Chloe Grace Moretz. I oh fucking God. cannot stand her. Uh, if I am her only hater, I will take it. Oh my God. If there's no Chloe Grace Moretz haters, then you're not on <laughs> this <dead>. earth. <laughs> I am dead. <laughs> I feel like I just, I feel like I probably just had this conversation about celebrity nemesis, uh-huh. nemeses with my sister or somebody and i for some reason i cannot draw a name i will say one celebrity who we will probably talk about well we will obviously talk about in this episode yeah that i ride for and it's for it's not at all for her filmography because i don't know anything else that she's been in but i will ride for miss um what the fuck is her name dakota Uh, Dakota. yeah dakota (laughs) see I literally just drew a blank for her name, but I will Miss ride for Dakota. Ever, yeah, ever since I did invite you, Ellen, I will ride <laughs> for Dakota. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I'm for that. We got off on In a fact, I'm literally growing my hair out like Dakota's right now. Like, look how long my my hair is. My hair is giving like. That's not true. I did invite you, Ellen. <laughs> Like, what's your name? Be obese. Stop standing, you bar. <laughs> yeah, stop playing. You know that I'm known for the bar. <laughs> she, she is stunning, like for real. And I'm excited to get into her um, later because she's yeah. really good. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Did yeah. you have any other horror news? Because I obvious. know there's been a lot. Uh, there. Ha- well, we're going for the main one, which is like four. So obviously, I've brought up Thor. Um. We're going to bring up um, maybe the two video game news. So mm, um, the yes. trailer for The Last of Us TV series dropped. Ooh. And we got Mr. Padre, Pedro Pascal in the lead role as Joel. He's daddy. Yeah. Like, he's he, so he, hot. He's not daddy. He's zaddy. Oh. oh. He's zaddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Mm. Okay, mm. yeah. Yes. Uh, any chance Ooh. I can talk about Pedro Pascal is a wait, win wait, for wait, me. Wait, wait. You don't know who he is, do you? No. He's oh my god, he's been on Game of Thrones and okay. he's, Ma- um, he's the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. You aren't into Star. Like I'm he was like into not into neither. Well, I'm not he- like I'm not what against a- any of them. I just have not gotten into Game of Thrones. I feel like that was a lot, and I just yeah. kind of missed that train. And then mm-hmm. with all the sort of incest stuff going on with um, House of the Dragon, I'm just like mi- kindly missing <laughs> it. <laughs> Facts. Although, although it, it it feels like wait, but it's yeah. 
It's so good, yeah. but he, yeah, he's the Mandalorian. But everybody, yeah. like, swoons after him because when he took off his helmet, it was, like, him. Okay. No, wow. but honestly, I I simp for that man hard. And he was wow. in a film Incredible. with, um, <laughs> oh, God, what's his name? Oh, my God, I've forgotten it. Oh, my God. I'm going to hate myself. <gasps> oh, my God. Um, the unbear- is the it? film. The film is called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um, are you talking about Nicolas Cage? Yes. Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot his <sighs> name. But yes, he was in a film with Nicolas Cage, and he basically acted like Nicolas Cage's biggest fan. Wow. And it's so funny. Mm. So he's just, yeah, he's just attractive. So yes, it's very exciting that wasn't um, there some tea about that that like it accidentally got dropped. And then everybody was like, wait, did they accidentally put the release date on there? Because it yes, comes out in January. I did see something about a release date. I think it was... It's, I think it's soon it's coming out. Um, yeah. but I didn't see like the drama come out. All I knew is that they dropped another trailer. And yeah, I think they did accidentally release the release date. Did you play that game or have you watched playthroughs of that game? I've watched playthroughs. I know nothing. So it's basically a different take on zombies and they're called clickers. Mm, I do know what a clicker is. I didn't know that they had correlation with each other. Yes. Yes. Clickers are from The Last of Us. And the TV series is going to follow from the first game. Because that was the second game come out that caused a lot of drama. Oh shit! Yes, they basically. Um, are you two either going to play it? Um. Well, it sounds like we need to have an episode on it because, goddamn, yes. and I don't want you to ruin it for me. So that's okay. all you have to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's just say, good. um, one of the voice actresses of the second game got death threats over something that happened in the game. Oh, my oh God. Jesus! Oh, I can't wait to get into that book. It was yeah. bad, but <laughs> anyway, I'm very excited for the TV series, and if it means we get to talk about more video games, oh yeah! yeah. Well, speaking of more video games, you said that there's two video game news. Yes, so I actually watched the live stream for this, and there was a live stream for the Silent Hill franchise, and oh my god, they announced three or four games. One was a remaster of the Silent, the second Silent Hill game. But what I'm most excited about is they're making another Silent Hill film with the director of the first one because the second one was absolute eh, shit. Ooh. So basically, he's coming back and he's like, "Yeah, we're ba- we're basically retconning that second film, <laughs> and we're basically I." They're gonna follow from the second game and make it okay. into a film. So it's gonna be called Return to Silent Hill, and it's gonna be very, very exciting. There's no nothing out there yet because it's very early in production. So we don't have any trailers, we don't have any screenshots, we don't have a date, but we have a feeling it's gonna be 2024 when it comes out. That makes me excited because I have not played Silent Hill, mm. but I've seen the movies and they are really fucking good. And I've heard that they're a good, they're a good representation of what the game was. So the first I am excited. The one definitely was because the director is actually a massive fan of the Silent Hill games. So That's he, what you need, a fan. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. You need people who are going to do adaptations of books or 
um, video games to actually be fans of the work that they're going to be adapting. Otherwise, you're going to make some upset fans even yeah. angrier. Well, have you um, seen Silent Hill? No. Okay, hold on. It's, it's not that scary, the films, okay. per se. No. It's not gory. No, it's not that gory. I want to cosplay as a Silent Hill nurse so Ooh. bad. It's Ooh. sexy. I saw a couple of those when I went to um, Comic-Con last weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw a lot of pyramid heads as well. Yeah, I've seen pyramid heads a lot, but I haven't seen the nurses as much. I know that they are. And, like, I don't like, like, dressing up for shit. But, like, I would dress up as that because they're fucking ghoulish, yeah. okay? Mm. But I think the reason why people don't dress up as them because you're basically blinding yourself. Yeah. yeah, but you can definitely come up with ways around that. Like, there is enough special effects and Absolutely. supplies that you could use. I'm sure if you didn't pack as much around the eyes, because, like, if you kind of look at them... They do kind of have a darker tint to them. And in the cosplays, it does seem like they are able to do that. But it would be restricting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you got your cheat cheese out all day, which Absolutely. is just exhausting. Yeah. yeah. But worth so it. <laughs> Totes worth it. Yes. Okay. Hey. I'm excited. You're excited. Hugh, you should be excited. I, I am. <laughs> Meg, I, I, Meg's going to make you watch him. <laughs> Absolutely. No. And that's how I'm even... That's how I'm here in the first place. <laughs> yes. Just, you're going to be half of the episode, but how did I get here? Yeah. And you're like, what? I'm confused. <laughs> no, like, you? literally, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> like, will somebody let me out? <laughs> <laughs> Why is this weird British person talking to me? <laughs> I can't understand her. Maybe um, she's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise me. I, I ride surprised. for the Australians. I ride for the Brits. I ride for the Kiwis. I ride for them all. Okay. I love Kiwis so much. But anyway, <laughs> let's not I can get do a mean. I can do a mean Kiwi accent. It's. it's... Stop it. Do I Stop have it. to bust it out, eh? <laughs> I can't should do I just, Should I just finish the episode in, in my Kiwi accent? <laughs> Okay, I was about to say, I, I won't do a British accent for you guys, because that would just really embarrass me, but um, anyway, back to horror news. We keep getting distracted. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, the final news is Peacock is making a Camp Crystal Lake TV series. Do you know, how, know the correlation between Camp Crystal Lake and horror? No. Okay, um, Friday the 13th. That's yes. where Friday the 13th takes place. Yes. Is Camp okay. Crystal Lake. So, like, Jason was at Camp Crystal Lake. Well, okay. I don't want to give you the whole synopsis, but... <laughs> Basically, that's... in the first film, it's not actually him killing people. It's his mother, because he died. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. like what, That was, like, a shocker. But, yeah. like, it takes place at this camp. So, basically, what they're going to do is make a prequel, which I'm interested about, because they haven't truly confirmed if Jason's going to be in it. Okay. I think they're keeping it ambiguous to get people hooked in because in that interview you sent me with, from Fangoria, they were like, oh, we can use everything. But is he just saying that to get Friday the 13th fans or Jason fans hooked, line and disappointed? 
You want to know what, actually, people are going to hate this or they're going to love it, just like the whole Halloween ends thing. Like, just let people make what they want to make. Like, they clearly, I think, are fans making this. Like, they truly loved Friday the 13th. Like, just give them a shot. But if it ends Mm. up like Rob Zombie Halloween, then we got some issues. Yeah, but also the concern is it's on Peacock. Yeah, when I first read that, I was like, "Mm." But I'm trying to be positive. Yeah, they've not had the best reputa- repu- reputation with um horror as of late because um Hugh, if you don't know, they released a horror film um this year called They Slash Them, and people were very excited about That's it. Right. It was really bad. Yeah, yeah, it not was much horrifically bad. But, you know, people were excited for it because they were like, oh my God, Kevin Bacon is going to be in it. He's going to be a bad guy and it's going to be set, you know, like focus on the LGBTQ plus community. And then it just turned out to be absolute dog shit. Ooh. So at the moment, Peacock is not in See? horror fans' best books. At the moment. <laughs> no. <laughs> to put it kindly. So to put it kindly. <laughs> I have a bit of horror news as well this okay. week. Okay. So, um, one of my favorite horror films, Hugh, is Salem's Lot, and that is Stephen King's second novel. Um, but <laughs> they have been putting off making or releasing this movie. They made a Salem's Lot movie. It's been remade into like a TV movie, so it's like four hours mm-hmm. twice, one in the 70s and one I think in the early 2000s. And there's never been a movie made. So everybody's like super pumped about it cuz it's like really good content and it was supposed to come out in september of this year they've been teasing it for years and then it got pushed back to april and then they said oh it doesn't have a release date right now so it's just been like hell for salem's lot fans because has it has it filmed and they just yeah, they wrapped it like it's supposed to have been out supposedly but um fangoria said that lewis pullman suggests that the new salem's lot will keep you up at night and I'm like, you guys can give me a like a juicy article headline, but you can't drop a fucking trailer. Yeah, that is rude. I have a feeling it's gonna be shelved for a quite till probably either late 2023 or early 2024. I don't think we're gonna see it for a while. So sad. Um, but speaking of things that we will see. This was tweeted November 4th, 2022, at 12.18 p.m., and this is a totally different new movie. Paramount Pictures and Scream say, I've updated my plans for you, knife emoji. The new hashtag Scream movie is now coming to theaters March 10th, 2023. Mm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Slay. Literally, slay. Yeah, so um, on one hand, I'm sad, but on the other hand, I'm very happy. Yeah, on the other hand, we are going to get another Scream movie, and we're going to get the new Evil Dead movie. Yes, oh my god, that Evil Dead picture that they posted was so good. Hugh's like, yes! (laughs) Whatever you're saying, yes! Uh, We'll get strung along to see it with you, and I'll probably become a stand. Hold on, we, I... That is something that we need to watch. I need to show you Evil Dead because it's camp. it is so camp and Bruce Campbell is oh, so daddy. cute. Oh daddy, daddy, and daddy, it is daddy, daddy. Say no more. It is just uh, special yeah. to me, Andy, but 
Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you would like it because it's not like too gory. The remake is definitely more gory than the original. Yeah, there's no way I'm showing this one, the remake <laughs> no. of Evil Dead, because... But the remake is actually quite good. That's the So the thing is, with gore for me, I feel like if I can just... If I can just know in advance, and I can... If I can know, you know, the extent of the gore, I'll probably be able to sit through and, like, watch it. Like, I probably won't have to look away or stuff. Like, that's how it this was watching like X with you. But... There's, like... I mean, I get why people would be scared of this. I do get it. But, yeah. like, looking at it from 2022, I'm also, like, it's makeup. Is that the original somebody, or the so, remake? Yeah, this is the original. The remake of See, girl- a, like, stuff from the 70s, gore from the 70s, I can completely deal with. <laughs> because there's not only the temporal distance, but, like, yeah. the distance in technology. And I can just be like, ah, yes. Yes. That was <laughs> red food coloring sauce. Like, yes. that's not blood. So, but um, when you when you sort of architect or you fabricate a uh, special when you fabricate like an entire rig for a nail to go through a a person's foot and it just the focus is on nothing but that I'm just like oh okay great look at this man's <laughs> jawline okay. okay he like. Okay. Is a great actor, but is he? Like, he is so cute, and I love him, and watching it is, like, yeah. Listen, juicy. Bruce Campbell yeah. is not the world's greatest actor, let's face no. it. No! <laughs> and everyone knows it, but, but he's got the charisma. so good. Yeah. Your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like there is an inherent camp level in any horror or horror adjacent film from the freaking 1970s like there yes. can't not be yes. and if they didn't intend it then like that is how we see it as 2022 and you want to know what i feel like that is a perfect segue into was... today's game <laughs> we literally got the segue unlock <laughs> we do have the segue unlock because we're playing a game today so we're playing versus and i don't know if you've listened to any of the episodes but basically we have two different things like one time i did vampires and v did werewolves so basically we just talked about different movies and kind of stacked them against each other to see you know what's truly better werewolves or vampires and today we're going to be doing that with the suspiria film yes this is all meg's idea (laughs) exactly that noise I want that as like a ringtone, actually. In fact, I might, I might go home and make it my ringtone. There we go. Um. So V, please tell the people how we decided on who got what Suspiria. (laughs) So I basically decided who got what Suspiria. (laughs) I she basically texted me and was like, "Okay, we're gonna do a versus on." the 1977 Suspiria and the 2018 Suspiria. And I just responded back to her and I was like, okay, well, you're doing the 1977 one because you're old school. You like the oldies. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm going to do the 2018 one because I like the newies. Absolutely. So that's how this happened. But shockingly enough, Hugh and I went to, um, is it Six Flags anymore or Kentucky Kingdom? No, just, yeah, it's okay. not, not Six Flags anymore. So we went to Kentucky Kingdom and we were just talking about movies and we started talking about Suspiria because Hugh watched both of them without my prompting. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Round of applause for my resident. Like, I'm under a rock. I have no horror <laughs> experience. <laughs> Woo, go Hugh. But no. 
my my Suspiria experience was stellar actually. Um I I did watch both of them around the time of the 2018 release and I remember the first the the Dario Argento one. It was like me and my roommates and a bunch of our friends just like crowded around a small ass TV monitor in our apartment and watched it and then the next weekend we went and saw the Luca Guadagnino one in theaters and that was just like incredible sometimes sometimes that's what you have to do as like a young viewer because you aren't introduced to things from the 70s or 80s or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you see that they're gonna remake it and you're like okay now i'm invested in the original and that's what it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. yeah like when you do a remake is like getting people from the new generation to latch on to something that was so iconic back in the day because this movie was iconic. Yep. And of course me being a Libra and wanting to talk about both and loving both and not being <laughs> able to pick a favorite. I am playing the role of what? Just like mediator interlocutor between both. Yeah. So I hope y'all came, you know, See? stacked. See, this is going to be a hard episode because I too am a Libra and I kind of like both as well. So it's going like, to be hard I, for me. Yeah. Wait, but I'm a Gemini and I like both as well. So <laughs> us well, air signs. Yeah. It's going to be a chaotic episode. Holy fuck. Well, I Meg. told you. Considering yes. you got the 1977 version, do you want to talk about the, the plot of the first one? Yeah, I can talk about the plot of the first one. So, is it Dario Argento? Yes. This is our um, resident Italian <laughs> um, speaker here, which is also a wonderful reason why yes. he was on. Yes, we're going to have someone actually pronouncing names correctly this week. What a Finally, shock. Finally, God. <laughs> well, um, if, I can, if I may say just before we get off to uh, the just our synopses, like, I did not know how hard the Italians ride for their horror um italian uh, horror mm. is a huge thing like holy so i fuck. now know which is incredible which is why i should just move to italy right yeah yeah period Facts. <laughs> um well he's not really particularly known to have like a clear narrative like especially upon verse viewing because let me just say this movie is visually captivating but I feel like the plot is in the passenger seat for this film. <laughs> like, it is a secondary character. Uh-huh. And you know that I'm not, like, huge on having to rewatch movies multiple times. Um, because I'm just like, I ain't got the time to watch a two and a half hour movie two to three times for me to, like, fully grasp it. But I forgive that for Suspiria because it's just so, like, visually pretty mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, this fuck all plot. <laughs> Yeah, so the tagline is, what do you know about witches? And I feel like that really says it all. Absolutely. Like, you should just go kind of blind into this movie because it takes you on a fucking ride. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. And with the, the obviously, the lighting as well, it, it feels like you're on a trip, basically. Absolutely. It really does, like... It makes you feel like you're in a nightmare. Yeah. Like, the use of color along with the, like, kind of weird plot line that doesn't really make sense, you really do feel like you're tripping or you're like, I'm in some nightmare, but while I'm awake. Mm -hmm. And, like, I really fucking enjoy that. 
Um, so we're like whisked into that whole world and we meet Susie. So she is an American new to Germany and she's ready to go to like this little dance academy in Germany, but she's kind of like low key stepping into like a murder mystery type shit because she sees there like as soon as she gets to the dance academy, this student that's like acting crazy, like she's freaking out and she's yelling something that she can't really understand. And like, she is new to Germany. She's new to this setting. And she's like, not what even the f- stepped foot in her literally place of learning yet. And she's just like, what is going on? In the on middle right of a now? torrential downpour, no less. Yes, like nothing less. I would already feel very like, ooh. Yeah. And you as an audience member do, you're like, ooh, what did this bitch just pull up to? <laughs> like Because <laughs> obviously if you're the audience member, you're gonna be like, if I saw that shit, <laughs> I would be it turning would be the other back way. On that plane yeah, so we end up getting a really, really stellar opening kill scene in this movie. Yeah. And we rewatched it together a couple weeks ago. And both of us were kind of like taken aback by mm-hmm. the level of just like... Exaggeration, outrageousness. It feels like a counterintuitive like move by the writers and the directors to like have such a... To have a kill scene that is climactic be the first be one of the first scenes but we were talking about how it actually encourages the suspense later on because you're expecting something worse and you don't know if you're going to get it or if you will get it and the degree and so you're always it really lends itself to elevating the suspense yeah it's it really hooks you and like has you on the edge of your seat like as Mm -hmm. soon as you see it and like i want to talk more about the kill later because that's going to be something that we're stacking up against because these have some pretty unique yeah. twisted dark ways to kill people yeah. it also yeah. if i if i can just say one more thing it yeah. also just like it's a scene that will let you know if you're gonna fuck with this film <laughs> like if you don't fuck with that then you can just turn it off and yeah. go about the rest of your life but if you are hook <laughs> line and sinkered then you're in for one yeah like you're going mm-hmm. on the ride yeah. and he's gonna fucking take you on one yeah oh yeah hundred percent hell yeah so you see Susie and her new acquaintance sarah and they're just trying to kind of like navigate this world that they're currently in because sarah's friend pat is the one that ended up getting rip yeah r.i.p gone but never forgotten because you feel like you're like in a totally foreign place like yes she is an american going abroad for the first time and she doesn't have like this big worldview like her worldview is so small and then you step into something like that and you're like what is what going on am i gonna do now and i said earlier like i don't really want to give away the main plot because if anyone out there is listening that hasn't seen the film strange shit starts to go on Mm -hmm. like some dreams some Mm -hmm. mysterious illnesses Mm -hmm. and Susie has to like figure out a way to navigate through all of it like it's a dark twisted web that she is in and it's literally kind of feels like a spider absolutely like you're trapped in this place and that leads her to some witches Bam. Bam. Mm-hmm. So it's a great witch movie, personally. Yep. Mm. Because you don't... I don't think if you don't know about the film and you watch it... I'm sorry if I spoiled it for anybody. But you don't feel like it's witches. It almost feels like a slasher film. Like, somebody's out to get them. I watched it 
twice Mm -hmm. and it was literally midway through the second one second viewing where i was like okay um the entire first time i watched this i did not know what the actual hell was going on (laughs) and you could have said anything to me and i wouldn't have known it was witches (laughs) right but like upon verse viewing it is so visceral of a storyline and even with the remake too like you can be bombarded with how much he throws at you whether Mm -hmm. it be from the score or the lighting or the acting he gives you a lot and you almost have to watch it a second time but once you're able to like sift through that and kind of just see it for what it actually is it's a really really strong plot line like it's very captivating Mm because even if you don't know what the fuck's going on you still end up watching it again because you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. 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 But yeah, so do you want to share your plot line? Because they kind of have similar ones, but then again, they don't. I think the only similarities are it's in a dance school, some of the characters' names, the overarching plot is witches, and that's pretty much it. The look, the feel, and the story is very different because the 2018 version is different, so different from the um, 1977 version because it's actually got a plot. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) god, First and foremost. (laughs) First and foremost, it's actually got a story that you can follow along to. And it starts out a little different to the 1977 version because um, we still follow the same girl um, that ran out of the dance school in the original, but we see her talking to a, a doctor, a therapist, and she's singing a song, she's doing a little dancey dance, um, and she basically is not mentally well. She's not there. And she's like, a doctor, they're witches. Uh, boogity boo, um, I don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> and this this scene is played by your favorite Miss Chloe. Uh, we're gonna Moretz, get we're, so. we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into it when we get to the acting part. Thank you very much. Because I've got <laughs> things. I've got words to say. She has notes. Oh my god! I prepared. have literally most of my acting notes are just about her. <laughs> I'm not Jesus even joking. Christ. That's all I could focus on. But um. <laughs> But then we follow the same girl, Susie, coming over from America, but she's played by the wonderful Dakota Johnson. Absolutely. Whose forehead shines in the school. (laughs) Oh my god, I literally said that to you guys, right? I was like, god damn. (laughs) So we follow her. Um, Obviously, she's best friends with, she begins with an S, but all I was like, oh my god, Sarah. 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 Sarah is paid by snakes. Well, we don't get that line in this one, but um, all we see is the lovely Mia Goth with her full British accent, babes, and it's Mm. fantastic Uh, to hear. Absolutely. (laughs) I love that little alien-esque creature that is Mia Goth. Mm-hmm. 100%. But anyway, but yes, the it's more political, politically driven in the 2018 mm-hmm. version, and it feels like there's lots of stories going on. Mm-hmm. It feels like they were trying to make up <laughs> the fact that the 1977 <laughs> version didn't have a story, so they were like, "Let's cram all these stories in." 
<laughs> it totally had a storyline. It just wasn't as cut and dry. It, just, it had to a storyline. Dario Argento just asks the question, what if I didn't need to tell the storyline? <laughs> what if I don't actually need to put it down in words? <laughs> what if you guessed? <laughs> Interpret it how you will, but exactly. this is what I give yeah. you. Yeah. Um, the We get a, a very different first kill from mm. the original, and we'll get into that because the first kill in the 2018 version, oh! graphic i will tell you that they start both of them start off strong with yeah. a kill like the the way that you see it i'm like you're kind of like fuck like you said like holy shit how are they gonna top this mm-hmm. or is it just you're on the edge of your seat because you think that they're gonna try to top mm-hmm. this yeah the um the 77 one is as we were saying very like camp and over the top and mm-hmm. like generous yeah <laughs> whereas the 2018 one it's really grueling yeah it's yeah. really just it goes on and on and on and we're just like jesus christ no yeah it's a long fucking movie yeah. <laughs> uh, literally i watched it and i was like why didn't this bitch fucking warn me how long this film was gonna be I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know our feelings about long fucking movies. I really feel like there needs to be a disclaimer on movies that are over yeah. two and a half yeah. hours because yeah. you're like, I need to know what I'm signing up for. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. God bless all of us for watching like four <laughs> plus hours of Suspiria 2018. <laughs> the dedication we have to these is unmatched. But yeah, basically... Again, I'm not going to say much about the ending of this film, but there's a little bit of a there's, a... there's a twist. There's a twist, shall we say. So the endings are similar but different in a way because you have this, like, really grandiose ending and you're just mm. like... What the fuck did I just watch? You, yeah, you think, like, holy fuck, what did I just watch? And holy mm-hmm. fuck, like, what am I still currently watching? Mm. Like, I didn't yeah. think it could get any more strange yeah. and then it's just like it it got stranger yeah yeah and the but the directions are two completely different yes, yes. same feeling different uh arcs yeah yes well the whole 2018 film was so di- like the feel of it was very different and we'll get into it when we get into the score and cinematography because i think those are the two key factors with that were very different from yeah, the 77 version we can get into the acting or does he want to say some things oh yeah do you have any comments on the plot of both of these like i feel like well so one of the um did either of you see this one in theaters no, no. okay okay so that is like one unique experience that i can i'm sure share. um yes. when v when you were talking about just how long the movie is and i was talking about how grueling the like first death scene is i feel like the length of time that this movie takes is such a deliberate and calculated device on absolutely luca's part mm-hmm. um because as we were saying with the first kill scene of the of the 77 one it's very over the top it's very colorful in in all of the in all of the areas of analyses that we can go into with that film, 
it is very sort of over the top. And I think the counterpart to that in the 2018 is the subtlety in color, in dialogue, in Mm -hmm. pacing, in Mm -hmm. plot. Um, And to sit through that film in the theater for two hours and 45 minutes, I literally felt like I was in that um, coven getting tortured yeah oh like, no. I, I think when i went in having only seen the 77 version and not really knowing what to expect with this one i was anticipating um more extravagance yeah. and i never got it and i only got just like the most grueling torturing literally you had extravagant feelings and i felt in my seat like i was going crazy and i was like at, at certain points, I was begging for this movie to be over. <laughs> and all that happened was it kept going, going on. <laughs> and and where it... I, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, and maybe we can get into this later when we go through the other parts, but mm. the way that it ends, the sort of um, whiplash of subtlety, if that makes sense, mm, in, the yeah. fi- in the very final scene... And then it just finishes. I was like, what in the actual fuck just happened? And I was left so confused in completely different ways than watching the 1977 version. And Mm -hmm. as I was saying, I'm not here to pick a side, but I feel like both of those creative decisions on the parts of their respective directors are rather genius and props to them. Yes, like they both take you on such different rides, but you're, you're, strapped in right it's crazy it's crazy to think that people in two different generations can start with the same quote-unquote the same story and take it in such different directions Mm -hmm. and i feel like luca guadagnino's version is like it asked the question how fucking different can we make this from the original (laughs) and how can we just like pull that as far as we can yeah every possible way absolutely it's uh, watching that movie for the first time i like really had to sit down and i was like okay i've heard really good things about this remake i want to sit down and watch it and then i was like oh my god Mm -hmm. it feels like it's been three days yeah one thing yeah one thing that i read up on in preparation for being here was um i read a bit of the uh 2018 versions screenwriters comments on it oh okay. and i remember we had just so back in 2018 when me and my friends went to see this in theaters we had watched the 77 version a week before in anticipation i definitely think we were all expecting more of a quote-unquote remake yeah from this and to like read the screenwriter's comments of like like knowing full well and going to Luca Guadagnino with like I will not be making a remake I will not be writing a remake I will be writing a a homage and um you can take it or leave it and he was game for having all of those creative decisions be a 180 degree difference is cool that is cool, but you want to kind of know who I would have liked to see do it because it's making me feel like Edgar Wright. You know how he lit last night in Soho? Yes. Like, how pretty would that have been mm. if that was applied to the 2018 mm-hmm. version? Like, that usage of color mm-hmm. would have been really fun. But I really want to get into the acting for Suspiria for mine because boy, howdy. 
Let's get into it. Um, so I feel like the acting in this movie low-key goes along with the plot. It's not the strongest, but I watched some more Argento films to kind of get my get me ready for this, and I, that's just him. Like, that's just how he rolls, and we talked about it when we watched it. Mm-hmm. The dubbing is laughable from this standard. Mm-hmm. Yes, but, <laughs> but you got to understand that Every single person spoke a different language. Yes, and that's why I was saying, like, they already knew that they were going to go into it with their native tongue and that they were just going to dub over it, but it just makes me, like, kind of chuckle that they were like, it can be whatever. Yeah. Like, just, just go just, for it. Just say words. Yeah. At this point. Exactly. Just say words. But that's part of the charm. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I feel like the way that it was overly dramatic lent itself well to the plot because it kind of helped you follow it a little bit more like I feel like Mm. if their acting wasn't as like oh my god this feels like really like we've been talking about really Mm -hmm. campy just Mm -hmm. the way that they're acting the plot would have been lost even more but I really contribute that and like I've seen online that it is probably because he pitched this movie as these characters being children in a dance academy and they kind of shot that down and was like this material is too dark for kids to be dying v i know you have Mm. opinions on that but let them kids die (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so he was like fuck it we'll change it to adults like i guess i just want this story and these films to be made see i did not know that yeah and um he didn't change his script at all after it just the age so, of the characters just the age of the characters so huh. i feel like that could have been a factor in them not having such adult tones because yeah. i real i really feel like he wanted to make this the most visual horror movie that he could mm-hmm. and he, like we said he was just like fuck it mm-hmm. just go up and do whatever you want cuz that's not truly what i care about like i care about it to some extent but do you think after seeing his other works that this is his most visual um yeah okay. probably like even if you don't watch any argento films i feel like you could really compare suspiria to a lot of movies and be like damn like did this movie match up to suspiria suspiria level visual cues mm-hmm. because I feel like this film is in a lot of horror movie fans' repertoire because of its visual Mm -hmm. nature. Mm -hmm. Like, even if it's not the greatest plotline and the acting is not the best, you get some really, really, like, visionary kill scenes. And also the score is just amazing on top of the cinematography of the movie. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it, he was smart for doing that because it didn't even matter mm-hmm. in the type of film that he was trying to create. But I know you have some feelings about your acting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I love the choices of the actors apart from one. Ooh. Chloe Grace Moretz. You've got to have someone strong to open the film. Yeah. And I can't get over her grating voice, to be honest. <laughs> I don't enjoy her acting. I still don't like her in this. It kind of put me off at the beginning because I just don't like her. She acts the same way in everything. She's so just like, I'm confused watching you act. Mm -hmm. She acts the same in every single program, TV, so whatever. And I don't know why people keep hiring her, to be honest. Um, 
at this but point, um, I don't know if she is, but nepotism, baby, potentially. Fine. But um, so you liked everybody else, though, aside from yes, her. yes. So apart from that, the other acting was top tier. Um, obviously, Koto- um, Dakota Johnson was mm. great. Um, yeah, she was. Mia Goff was fantastic. When is she? And Tilda Swinton was stunning. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the fact that Tilda Swinton played three characters that were all completely different. Snaps. Snaps for her. Speaking of Tilda Swinton in this movie, Hugh was sharing with me a little piece of information about Tilda in this movie and about her multiple roles. And I really feel like you need to hear this, V. I feel like I feel like you probably have heard this, but I feel like it is just worth us sitting with <laughs> and taking in. I'm prepared. I'm ready. Let me just bring the mic closer. Yeah, I'm ready. I will just like a personal backstory for this. When I saw this in theaters, I didn't know a single I, did, I couldn't recognize a single actor in this film except for Tilda. Like, I couldn't tell Dakota from Chloe, from Mia, any of them. I okay. just could not recognize them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was only when the credits ran that I was like, um, you mean to tell me that no. Dakota was this girl the whole time? <laughs> and Tilda was the only one that I could recognize. And I could recognize her as Madame Blanc. And as the psychologist, I couldn't, I didn't recognize her as Mother Marcos until the very end. However, I read in preparation that they kept her role as the psychologist such a secret that they gave her a, or she, she probably, I mean, she's, she's Tilda. So she, she probably did this herself, but she created an alias to be cast as this psychologist, a a, a male sort of older German man who worked as a psychologist and then decided to make his screen debut, one and only film being Suspiria. And the entire time that production was filming, and even up until I think the news said like a month after the film was released, they committed to this bit that um, what are you, how are you all alleging that Tilda is playing two roles? Like, this is a man, like, he literally is a psychologist, like, she's not going into the makeup chair for hours in the early morning acting. And... Wait, but you have to tell the, the man's name. Okay, 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 okay. So, Tilda Swinton is credited as Lutz Ebersdorf as joseph klemper the psychologist and um they maintained that he was not tilda that he was his own person and um even during the production uh the paparazzi would photograph her in the in the makeup as him and talk about oh tilda's in two roles luca guadagnino said that was fake news Gaslit the media. And then at the Venice Film Festival, during the premiere, Tilda read a note addressed to the audience saying that Mr. Ebersdorf was a very private man and wanted to keep himself very private. And that is why he didn't come to the film festival, but that he very much enjoyed his acting experience and wished to remain anonymous. 
Tilda wrote his IMDb profile, and only after people realized that did IMDb actually take this fake man off of IMDb and give Tilda the credit for the psychologist. <laughs> v, what do you make of that? Gaslight, gay key, girl boss. <laughs> Simple Love response. Exact, exactly. <laughs> to be honest, I'm so not surprised that Tilda Swinton would do something like that because that just sounds like the crazy shit she would do. Like... And fucking IMDb had to go and ruin it. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck you, IMDb. Exactly. We really could have gone like our entire lives with that <laughs> on IMDb a, and a it, fictitious be man. Real. Like they 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 even let the movie come out and let the audiences be like, um, I'm pretty sure that's Tilda. Like, <laughs> I'm sure that's Tilda. And they were like, um, no. Didn't what we are you talking about? Literally say that this movie is like a nightmare because it's just like you feel like gaslit you are gaslit at every turn it's like the the mandala effect it's like no that that's tilda swinton right oh my god yeah yeah something something that i didn't say earlier was that they i believe they kept it a secret as well on set like tilda would go into the makeup chair and would come out and um several of the actors on set were just like Okay, I guess I'm working with this like German man that I've never seen, and that they wouldn't so even like creepy. they wouldn't even tell the the fellow cast members that it was Tilda. Brilliant, absolutely lovely. But the the dedication not only to that, but to have the full body prosthetics as well. Absolutely, full body. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, if I, <laughs> see, I'm the type of person that I would have been like, I'm not about to sit through six hours of fucking hair and makeup for this prosthetic. For me not to be credited. I went through war. She went through war and back and went back to war. Absolutely. And that and we're not talking about having to act with Chloe Grace Moretz, okay? <laughs> 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 to be honest, that's probably they probably killed her off so early on. It's like Tilda does not need to go through that pain as well. <laughs> now speaking of kills. Yeah. I need to get into them because Hugh and I rewatched this and I said that we forgot like how powerful that opening kill scene was because mm-hmm. not only do you get a girl breaking a stained glass window, hanging herself, but you also get her friend being impaled mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with like this bright red Crayola paint water yep. red blood that, that does not even look like blood. Yep. But it- <laughs> makes you so unsettled just off the bat yeah the color of that skylight the freaking drama the depth it's a lot it's a lot it's just yeah, to open up with i i think it's a, an amazing contrast of how violent the death was and how colorful the palette of the building and the surroundings were that this colorful bright place has been painted Mm-hmm. Excuse Absolutely. the word taint, um, <laughs> tainted with this grotesque violence against these, you know, this one woman and the other woman getting impaled. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the second kill in this movie made me so angry, but also was so riveting because you get Sarah's razor wire scene. Absolutely. When we were mm. watching this, I told you, I'm like, I would like to to just go on record and state that this is the stupidest fucking decision that I have ever seen in any fucking horror movie. She locked herself into a room. She had no other escape. And then that stupid butter knife coming through the door trying to unlock it. I'm like, how are you not unlocking it? Like, you have enough force. Just pop that sucker open 
And then she was like, oh, what am I to do? I'm going to stack a bunch of suitcases on top of each other to get out a window. What the fuck? (laughs) And she didn't even put the biggest one at the bottom. It was the (gasps) 70s. There wasn't much thinking going on back then. (laughs) Sorry to anybody who had to hear my dogs barking. They just, I clearly got too excitable because this No, they probably agreed with you. And they're yeah, like, they yeah, mom, go for it. Exactly. And Bonata was like, come on, mom. Because after that, you get a really, really intense scene with her going through this window, which why didn't she look to see what was going on? Mm-hmm. Why didn't she like try and barricade the door or something? She was just running with no thought. Falls into this razor wire pit. Mm-hmm. And you're like, holy Christ. <laughs> She's getting sliced and diced out there. And it's all... Because of her own stupid fucking actions. Yeah. No love. No love. No love. To be honest, that'll probably be me. Yes. V. V. Baby. You gotta barricade that door and just like. Oh, I'll barricade it correctly. Also, wouldn't use fucking flimsy suitcases. Yeah, like that was stupid. The, The kill that I really enjoyed was the killing of Helena. Marcos, mm-hmm. because she got got by a glass peacock Absolutely. feather. Mm. Absolutely. Did any of the kill scenes in Suspiria jar you as somebody who doesn't like horror? Um, I would say definitely Marcos's did not. No. Because you knew there was only one way for it to end. I mean, you could argue for the another way but like um i would say i would say probably the initial kill scene but not in its like gore in just it's like shock shock yeah (laughs) i don't know i really like the kills in this movie even though they're kind of corny cheesy to an extent but they're all so like different and visually unsettling to a point it's like i don't know this is where it starts to kind of his vision comes to life even if the plot and acting aren't solid it's like he still gives you like it's almost fun yeah to anticipate them and watch them Mm. whereas it is not so fun to watch 2018 suspiria kills no no (laughs) oh my god the kills in this fucking film were so jarring to watch and i'm a person that loves saw and even i was like these kills holy fuck so, Literally. 38 minutes into the 2018 version is when we get the first kill. And it set the tone for the rest of the film. Mm. It was so fucking brutal. So brutal. So, basically, this 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 dancer gets mad at Madame Blanc. It was like, no, I don't want to do this dance. It's stupid. You're a bunch of witches. And stormed out. And, uh... Susie was like, I can do dance and I can do it fantastic. So she gets to prepare. She dances through it first and they were like, okay, you've got to be really prepared. Are you prepared? And Madame Blanc touches, touches her hands and they start to glow. And then she touches her feet and her feet start to glow. And then we see this other dancer get... Uh, it's quite... Her eyes start to water, but then they feel like they're just like it's like melting at the same time, and she can't really see. And she stumbles into this mirrored room. Oh my god, that fucking mirrored room! That mirrored fucking room. It was downhill from there. 
<laughs> and Susie starts to dance again. But then this dancer from a completely different room starts kind of doing the same motions, but very violently into the mirrored walls. And her body gets so contorted and the sound of the crunching mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. bones, mm-hmm. she drools massively. Mm-hmm. She pisses herself. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It... Mm. Mm-mm. And she's still alive after all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is literally... Arms in every which way, legs in every mm-hmm. which way. And that's what I will give this film is, like you said, like it has a plot line. Yes, Suspiria 77 gives you like the meat and bones of it, but like you actually get to see what these coven of witches can actually do mm-hmm. with their powers. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's so so gruesome i mean technically it's not a kill but we're gonna classify it she's basically dead you wouldn't want to live after that absolutely not you would want to be dead it's very hellraiser you know what i'm saying yes it's technically not cast as a death until the end Mm -hmm. it's still pretty messed up (laughs) yes yeah we don't really get the big kills until the end pretty much we've got yeah the the kills basically come at the end of the film yes so i feel like the mia goth scene to an extent can also be not classified as a kill because we see her be very badly injured Mm. but it makes up for the lack of like actual kills because the ending is so fucking crazy. A hundred percent. So yes, the ending. There's basically a big massacre when it gets revealed. This big twist that um, basically um, this this person who is um, the free who's like the mother of the three sisters suspiria suspiriorum is that Mm -hmm. how she says it yeah yeah she basically the she conjures this deaf character and the deaf character basically goes around and kills all the followers of marco suspiria goes to mirgoff's character chloe ghost's character and this other dancer and basically asks them what they want. And they all ask for death, and she grants it to them. Um, but it was so sad when she got to the Mia Goff's character. Um, I know. I was very sad when I saw that she was playing that character, because I'm like, I already know that you're going to die, girl. But, like, yeah. it was also very brutal when they um, disemboweled them. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. It was just, like, that whole room was nothing but, like... Mm. Blood, blood and pus and, and piss and, just... and... Ugh. yeah yeah but it was also very visually stunning the the way people's bodies made the shapes mm-hmm. and it felt like it felt like a true like coven ritual massacre armageddon armageddon yeah so yeah the uh, the way it ended was very very brutal to this film it was definitely more brutal than the um nineteen seventy seven version, shall we say? I mean, that's gonna happen, and that's gonna be a thing because mm-hmm. the audiences back then would have probably shit themselves, Literally. like mm-hmm. freaked the fuck out if mm-hmm. they saw that because it's it's just a product of 
when it's made. So, and unfortunately, us audiences nowadays are so desensitized to certain things. So it's just kind of like that's to be expected. And if a movie doesn't have mm. some semblance of that, then they're like, this movie fucking sucks. Yeah. But also from like a narrative perspective like this entire massacre was obviously not in the first uh, in the 77 version and it was it it introduced a completely um different um the the narrative the narrative was going down a completely different path Path, yeah Um, Susie, we learn of a completely new element of Susie's character yeah, so I don't know. I I like the kills in both of these movies because I feel like it's it's hard to stack these movies up because they are the same but they're different. Mm-hmm. But they're both so good at what they do. Yeah. That it's yeah. like you get I feel like more more spread out kills in the first one so that it doesn't feel like this crazy ending like how we get in 2018, but it's just the the period of moviegoers Mm. i feel like at that time point yeah now one thing that i will say that i want to segue into the next category is the scores of the final acts especially the use of score in 2018 yes is so vital to the Mm -hmm. storyline but for both of these the scores are so important if you hear Goblin's score one time, you, <laughs> you know. instantly you know have it you in your head. Um, it's iconic. It's iconic. And it's just like Halloween and Jaws. Like once you hear it, it's stuck with you. 100%. But if Argento and this group Goblins created the score and it's just like bells ringing and wailing and guttural moaning. Yeah. It makes you so uneasy because you don't know if the characters can hear the whoo or if that's just you that's experiencing that. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. It's so abstract compared to 2018, but it is completely in line with the abstract visuals and abstract as fuck narrative. (laughs) (laughs) Storyline. Yes. What storyline? Exactly. Hey, guys, stop. But I will say... I will say the 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 repeating notes that it has throughout it for me always will unsettle me if something's doing it over mm-hmm. and over in repetition mm-hmm. because it feels like it should be like come to a crescendo yeah. but sometimes it just doesn't and yeah. then that puts you on edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Whereas the lack of score in the final act of 2018s mm-hmm. was unsettling for me. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the lack of score in general with this whole film it, it, i don't know how it made me feel because when it did have the score it always made me feel on edge like there was always something bad gonna happen even mm-hmm. if there wasn't it just made me feel like is there something coming <laughs> is there something bad gonna happen but like the lack of music as well when they're dancing was very uh, i don't know like i it creeped me out yeah, yeah, it really creeped me out. And like the way you could hear like the grunting and the movements and the pain that everyone goes through of it. It was just like, I don't like this. <laughs> it took the idea of the 77 film of having like this over the top 
musical score to unsettle you and just flipped it on its head mm-hmm. and is like, what's also How unsettling? Little, yeah. yeah How is yeah. can we give you? Be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Silence. The, the, the noises from us deep in one's gut. Mm. how can we bring that out literally and through <laughs> through sound uh, it, yeah both of these movies are like unnerving is the word that i can think of and part of that has to do with the score now the other part has to do with the cinematography yes yes Straight definitely up. so Hugh knows this about me and you will soon know this about me v i like to set the mood I try to create, like, an ambiance wherever I am, you know, get my candles, get a vibe going. Why do I feel like you're about to read me an ad? (laughs) No, 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 no. So I appreciate that Argento is the same type of bitch. He creates an atmosphere for you. So it's like, not only are you seeing something super unsettling, but, like, it takes you over and yeah, overwhelms like, yeah, overwhelms fact, you. you're overwhelmed with atmosphere. Yeah, I don't do it to that extent, but I applaud somebody yeah. who can do that. It's almost nauseating, but in such a satisfactory way. Yes. Yeah. So I really like the cinematography. We've talked about that it feels like a nightmare, and part of that can be the colors, because when you transition from day, like, you get the normal daylight. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it gets dark and that wash of color comes across the screen, just like the score, you don't know if these characters can see these colors or if it's just something for Mm -hmm. us audience members. Mm -hmm. But it gives the film emotion in a way. Yeah. 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 It, it It answers the emotion of the narrative in the way that like doing that through dialogue would be how one expects to get emotion. But, you know, Dario. It's not that easy. Yeah, it's the the intensity in which they use it, I feel like really can convey what he's trying to say. Because like you said, he's an artist. Mm -hmm. Like, this is something so visual. And even if you change the score to the visuals, it would completely impact the movie. So I feel like he was really trying to create a mood that you would feel rather than give you some like really constructive narrative but um they were able to create that effect by using colored gauze over like the lights so it wasn't just lit in one certain way it was a odd use of color but a good one you know what i'm saying yeah and um one thing that i was particularly intrigued with was the like right down to the cinematographer's use of film stock and print stock Mm -hmm. i'm a photographer and this is my shit but they they used i believe the last technicolor factory in in italy yes they ran their prints through that and they they chose the imbibed there's like a there was a technicolor process of color imbibation yeah that was used for the wizard of oz Mm -hmm. if that's to give you any color cues yeah and they chose that specifically for the like l- almost cartoonish level of color saturation and color like opacity but almost like the obliqueness of color it's not subtle in any way no it is the most vivid red and the most vivid blue you've ever seen in your life absolutely and i also feel like the set amplifies all of that mm-hmm. because when we were talking like 
if you look at the set, it's like they have this textured wall and like really big prints and like mm-hmm. I think there was like a velvet blue wall yeah. and it's almost nauseating. It is. So it it also puts you on edge just visually yeah. as well as like audio and we both commented on the stained glass. Yes. Yeah, this. that was that was mwah, chef's kiss of an opener Literally. Uh, to to use a stained glass. Literally though. Especially when someone's falling through it. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, it feels whimsical and it also detaches you from, like, the natural world of it all. Because this is, like, definitely set in, like, whimsy. And I was reading that it was very much, like, inspired by German expressionist Mm -hmm. architecture. Mm -hmm. Because they built this set. Yeah, And um, if you rewatch it, you can see that, like, the doors are really big. Mm-hmm. Um, not only was that just how they built it, but also the door handles were really high, like almost at eye level. So you can reference that in regards to him not changing their ages, mm-hmm. but also it gives you a very like Alice in Wonderland feeling, not yeah. of this world. Well, I, I saw somewhere that he based Susie on Snow White. So, so Alice in Wonderland, yeah, color palettes. Mm. And I feel sort like sort of it, infantilizing a character, even if you have to make them, if you want to kill them as adults, still have them have this like childlike. Yeah, there's like a sense of color and sense of and like sense of naiveness yeah. as well too. It's just like everything from their acting, the storyline, how they react to the other characters in the world, to their actual world around mm-hmm. them, like is so unsettling yeah. and off. Yeah. But your film is unsettling and off for a completely <laughs> contrasting reason. Yes, the lack of colour. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think that they went more realistic in this telling. I think they wanted to use what it was actually like in, 1979, in 1977 in Berlin. And I think I read or um, watched somewhere that they wanted the um, inside of the dance hall to feel like the inside of the Berlin Wall. Ooh. Ooh. Well, it definitely gave that vibes. Like, it was bleak as fuck in that film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the only colour you saw was the red. So, yeah. like, the red of when they were in their dance costumes or the red of mm-hmm. the blood. And also the colour of the aura that um Susie saw a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the only, like, non-red colouring you saw was that aura she would see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it was just, I could kind of see what they were getting at, but it just felt like you needed something to stare at, like, just give me some sort of colour yeah. to just look at, to tell me this is where your eyesight should be, otherwise my eyes are going to be like this, closed. <laughs> yeah, I will say with the 2018 one, though, where... Luca Guadagnino and his production designers took away all the color. What they left you with was pattern mm, and, yes. and form in an incredible way. There was always a pattern. There was, I mean, the, the set of the Dance Academy was the most, like, oppressive, just heavy, yeah. blocked 
I mean, in one way, it could be construed as like womb-like because oh. of the because of the sort of maternal and matriarchal environment of the coven. But in another way, it was very much like um, divided Berlin, like yes. desperation, even up to the point of like the Berlin Wall is right across the street from the coven yeah. or from the dance academy. Yeah, and what they look out onto is a divided city is incredible yeah yeah it it truly feels like this remake took and flipped every single category that we're talking about Mm -hmm. it still had the central theme Mm -hmm. of it the central storyline but it was it tried so hard to to make a contrast of what was already made yeah and they did a really good job of it yeah Yeah, but at what point do you look at it and go this maybe shouldn't have been cast as a quote-unquote remake it should have been called something else yeah i mean i think it's because it is based off of the poems i think that argento created Mm. this around because there are two different movies after this and they talk about all of the the mothers Mm -hmm. so like to that extent i see it but also it's just like why did we have to stray from the path so hard to find your own creation? Like, the source yeah. material was good, but maybe I'm just a loyalist to the original and why I said somebody that could use a lot of color like Edgar yeah. Wright would have been cool, too. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's a great that's a great point that you brought up, B, about um, at what point does it become, should it be something else? The amount of, like, not world building, but like world remembering, possibly yeah. that yeah. the 2018 screenwriters did to like flesh out the con the historical context in a way that was completely absent from the 1977. The decision to set it in 1977 Germany, mm. um, and the the decision to bring the like atrocities of World War II and the Holocaust right into the characters' lives in a way that was obviously absent in the original. It felt like the original with all the colors and stuff felt very fantasy like. Mm-hmm. And the 2018 felt more real world. Yeah, I feel like the original has a way of bringing in sort of like that whimsical dreamlike into horror even if it's just through its visuals not even talking about the acting making it feel it's completely different and i think that that might be why i like watching it so much is because you get the visuals that enhance a storyline but can feel like a nightmare but the 2018 one feels like a totally different but still valid nightmare mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah at least with the 77 version you had breaks from the really harsh imagery that you'd got with the color whereas 2018 version you got no breaks it was just harshness yeah. after harshness after harshness and maybe that was to reflect the harsh times that was happening but you just felt like, damn, just give us a fucking break. Like, mm-hmm. give me something, please. <laughs> it didn't give you a break on any of any it. Any front, no. No, yeah. and I think that that might be why I like the 77 one a little bit more is because mm. it, like, oh, I can breathe for yeah. a second, but I'm yeah. still taking in something that's, like, visually stunning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if you aren't overwhelming me with, like, 
the atrocities that I'm about to witness later yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, no, completely get that, yeah. So I don't know, it's just I I I know that with some of the, like the shots that they did, they wanted to pay homage to the seventy seven version. So like the split screen, the close zooms and the close zoom outs, that sort of thing. But it just it didn't feel like it was a sp- spiritual successor to mm. the Suspiria that a lot of people grew up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I enjoy both of them, but for totally separate reasons. Yeah, yeah. It's almost yeah. like they were fully aware of that uh, that question that you raised, and were just like, "Well, we have this material. We're gonna go." as far in the opposite direction and like if you like we'll leave it up to you as to whether or not you even think that this is what you know that movie made 40 years ago that just so happens to have the same name we're gonna let you even make that assessment for yourself and i i with the 2018 version they did leave it open for more films to be made so there was a rumor floating mm-hmm. about that they were gonna make sequel, technically prequel to the uh, 2018 Suspiria with Madame uh, Marco. It's set in the 20th century, like the 12th mm-hmm. century. Um, so going way back, but I don't know if anything come to fruition with that. But that could mm-hmm. be quite cool to see the 12th century with her doing her dastardly deeds. They mm. should just follow the original and do the Inferno and the Mother of Tears because that is still good content to yeah. remake. So I guess we'll see. But I feel like this has been a really solid versus. Like both of these films really stack up, and I feel like all three of us can't decide or choose one over the other. No, because they're the same, but they're so different. There's no way you can choose. <laughs> just like me and you <laughs> same thing different shape bitch <laughs> exactly so i mean what do you think you you're our resident horror newbie like oh, yeah. as somebody who's new into the horror realm and hasn't been tainted like me and <laughs> v who like like v loves newer horror i tend to kind of like older horror how do you feel about them? Oh, am I am I handing down a verdict? I mean, if you can or if you even want to hand down a verdict, but like as somebody who doesn't tend to stray one way or the other in the horror market, like basically you're not you're a whore for everything, just not a whore for one thing. Yes. Yes. I think when my mind Here's the word horror, and I am inclined to pick one. I actually think I want to pick the the later, the 2018 one. And yeah. that might surprise you, Megan, but I think if we're considering all of the topics that we have been discussing, I think it checks a few more boxes in my mind. I think the I think the deci- the sort of writing decision of building out the context and building out the characters, taking the characters in different directions than the 1977 version, accomplishes a bit more... Uh, it brings a bit more horror into the world at large. Yeah. Like, the greater world than 
yeah. the original. I think we're really like inclined to see the world that we all actually live in and have and the history that we inherit as horrific. So basically yeah, what you're that. saying is it it's it it built onto and enhanced what was already there to and 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 created something new but still slightly the same for a new modern audience. Yes. And Fair I, enough. I I I I would love to have somebody who is older and who sat through the 1977 version when it originally debuted. Yeah. I want to I want their take on what was was that body gore distressing. Oh yeah. Was that color like insane make crazy making? Was that xyz like was it nightmarish as an original as a viewer from from almost 50 years ago because the 2018 one we all agreed is very intense on the body horror yes yeah very i think (laughs) i think i might i i mean i don't i want to be like the unbiased mediator between (laughs) your all's takes but i feel like i might possibly have been biased by having seen the later one in theaters because yeah that was truly distressing on all fronts you don't even have to <laughs> apologize because i don't think that i can pick a winner in these like even myself no nice. because i love them both for totally separate reasons mm-hmm. but i just wanted to feel yeah. you out because like i said you don't watch a lot of horror <laughs> so like I, what do you like yeah when i watched i mean when we watched the, the 77 one you know big screen lights off it's not a movie theater but the the movie mood is set yeah and we're just i mean i'm such a like i'm a i've already said i'm a libra i'm here for aesthetics <laughs> i'm here for visuals when i see such a saturated color palette i don't care if somebody is getting their entire body dismembered in front of me i am gonna be feasting on the colors i'm gonna be feasting on the sets and i i mean so many of those creative decisions were about cr- like creating an interior world yeah. And I wanted to figure those out so much that, like, the lack of plot, the lack of narrative, the sort of campy dubbing dialogue, I was like, I'm having so much fun with this, and I'm not inclined to see it as horror in the way that I and see the 2018 the one. one. Yeah. Well, V, if you had to decide, what would you decide? Because now you're the contributing vote, because I can't fucking make a decision. (laughs) I would probably agree with Hugh that the 2018 version would technically be cast more as horror. I feel like the uh, uh, the 1977 version is more suspense, thriller, kind of murder Mm -hmm. mystery, like you said at the beginning. And with the 2018 bringing in the real world like horror of the berlin wall berlin being divided and obviously us finding out at the end what happened to um Mm. dr joseph's wife and the horror that that potentially could have happened in real life i think it had the classic horror elements of you know gore body gore and stuff like that but then also the real terrifying real life world that was happening at that time so, yeah, I would say the 2018 version is probably more horror than the 1977 version. But if you want to go for aesthetics, the 77 version is where you want to be. That's what I'm saying. Like, I can't make up my mind because they both give me things <laughs> in totally different levels. But 
I thought that this was a good versus. I feel like we were definitely stacked. And mm-hmm. thank you for joining us because yeah. you Absolutely. really contributed like a totally different viewpoint than yes. we don't. And you also pronounce names for us. thank you thank you of course wait okay but i also would absolutely now love to do a versus on the two evil deads and get hugh's opinion because yes 100 percent. but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to work you up baby because i don't think that you can (laughs) i don't think you can handle the the evil dead remake right now i'm thinking of two specific scenes and v you tell me if the saw and the the jeep are what you're thinking about i think it is said yeah 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 you're gonna work up to it. It might be in a couple okay. years that we get to it, but we'll get to it. I mean, <laughs> couple yeah. months. I don't know. I always, I feel like <laughs> I, I want say that, that I would have. <laughs> she said a couple. Yeah, months. you want the, you want to you want to pick this up, V. I feel like I might put up a thing of like, ugh, I'm squeamish. I don't know if I can do this, but like, if it's on and I witness it i'm not gonna be like unable to sleep at night or like traumatized by it like i will always know that it's a movie and you know with as fucked up as the world is and as fucked up real events just keep happening in this world like horror is gonna start feeling like an escape at this point (laughs) 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 we've literally talked about that it's just the, the how I really got into really liking horror because it used to freak me out when I was younger is just like it's art like there are people who spent hours upon hours just putting Tilda mm-hmm. in makeup mm-hmm. like that so I don't know I could go off on a huge tangent about that but I know that it's late for V so I have a question for you specifically V do you have any final thoughts or anything else that you want to say during this episode to me you the listeners or yourself here we go, here we go. We got we got Twitter, it's Horror Huns Pod. And then we've got Instagram, Horror Huns Podcast. You follow us there, give us suggestions. Blah blah. We love you lots. You know where to find us. Okay, bye. <laughs>